Hello, and welcome to Field Notes, the weekly podcast of the Military Fellowship Center in Jacksonville, North Carolina, serving Marines stationed at Cap Lejeune and surrounding areas. Military Fellowship Center is a ministry of Military Evangelism Incorporated. Our speaker and host for the program is Dave Mason, the General Director of Military Evangelism and the Field Director at Jacksonville. Visit us on the web at militaryfellowshipministry.com or email us at militaryfellowshipctr at gmail.com. Now, here's Dave Mason. Colossians chapter 3 tonight, we're going to look at where's our attention? What should we be focused on? What's our, uh, what's our outlook? Um, and Paul is arguing here in Colossians that uh, because of our position in Christ, we should have a new outlook. We should have a different focus than we had beforehand. There are three words in this passage that you need to pay attention to. They are seek, set, and shall. Okay, So keep those in mind as we go through. So look at verse 1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above not on the things of the earth, for you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. So since you are risen, uh, literally, uh, since you are resurrected and made new in Christ. That's what Paul's saying. It's almost as if there's a, uh, a therefore there. You know, If you then be risen in Christ, seek those things which are above. You know, where Christ sits on the right hand, you are risen with Christ. Um, Kenneth Woos translates this in view of the fact that you were raised. I like that. In view of the fact that you were raised with Christ, seek those things that are above. So if we've been born again, we've accepted Christ as our Savior, then we are now raised to a higher plane. We are raised from death to life, just as Christ was raised from death to life, and we are raised to a higher thing. The beautiful thing about this is that our position in Christ is not hypothetical. It's an established fact. Listen to Ephesians 1.3, which you read last week. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Chapter 2, verse 6 of Ephesians and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you get that? Paul's not saying you're going to be seated in heaven. He's saying you're already seated in heaven. You see, the president sleeps in the White House. But when he was in Hanoi this past week, he was still the president of the United States, and the White House was still his home. You are on the planet Earth right now, in North Carolina, in Jacksonville, at Camp Lejeune, and despite all that against you, you are a citizen of heaven, and your home is in heaven. And you are seated there with Christ in the spiritual realm. That is your place. That is your home. And so Paul says, knowing that that you're risen with Christ, that you have been seated in heavenly places with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. That word seek in the Greek 
is in the present imperative. Big grammatical uh, definition there. Basically, the present imperative means this, the, 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 the command to seek. Seek is a command here. He's telling you, do this. Seek after those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of the Father. This is a command to do and to repeat until commanded to stop. So seeking the things that are above, seeking heavenly things, is not something you do once. It is something, since it is in the present imperative in the Greek, it means seek it and then seek again and then continue to seek until you've been commanded to stop seeking. Plain and simple, right? Ephesians 1.20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The things that we can't see are more real than the things that we can see because the things that we can't see right now will last forever. The things that we can see right now are all going to end up burned up. You know, we're going to get ready to build this addition, right? It's all going to get burned up one day. We're spending all that money. You know why? Well, we need to. But it's all going to get burned up one day. So don't get too attached to it. You don't know when your life's going to end. None of us do, right? One of Patty's friends from back home is 50 some odd years old. He's about the same age as me, right? been a tree man all of his life. Last week he was cutting down a tree, the tree twisted the wrong way, came down on him, killed him instantly. Luke Perry, exact same age as me. Had a stroke last week and he's dead now, 52 years old. None of us knows when our next day is. So we this is all temporary. But the things that are in heaven are eternal. Heavenly things are eternal. So seek after those heavenly things. We are to continue looking to heaven, using the promise of redemption as our fuel for everyday life. Life got you down? Remember who you are. Remember that you're the redeemed of God. Amen? Remember, use that. Use that as a way of reminding yourself of the fact that life is not as bad as I think it is. It could be a lot worse and I could still be okay because I have Christ. This is how we're supposed to react to the daily grind. The daily grind. Daniel Henderson, who's the, one of the pastors at Thomas Road Baptist uh, Liberty University, He's the pastor of prayer. He's a big prayer warrior. And I've met Daniel several times, had a lot of conversations with him. And he said one time, he said, the problem with the Christian life is that it's so daily. <laughs> you just got to get up every morning and do this thing again. That's the big problem with the Christian life. We want, to, we want victory every day. But there's not victory every day, is there? It's every day there's another struggle, right? Every day there's another struggle problem every day and you got to get up every day some days it's just day after day after day of just pure boredom and that's the thing about the christian life sometimes it's just day in day out it's okay you still have the word of god you still have the opportunity the ability the privilege of going to god in prayer each and every day you still have the opportunities to talk to christian friends uh, you know do something you know but but so so since you are risen seek the things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Set your affection. In the Greek, those three words are one word, phroneo. And phroneo means exercise the mind. Have a sentiment. Have an opinion. 
Ferneo. Set your affection. Have an opinion about things above. Set, exercise your mind on things above. Have a sentiment about things above. Intentionally turn your thoughts heavenward, heavenly. It does a Christian very little good to declare the truth and defend the truth if they're not demonstrating the truth in their personal life. Correct? We can walk around, talk about it all we want, study our apologetics and tell everybody how, we, how smart we are and what we know, defend our theological bent, but if we're not demonstrating that truth, what good, are we? What good is it? We're no better than the pagans of Paul's day and the pagans of today. See, in Paul's day, what the pagans believed had no di direct influence on how they behaved. And no one would condemn another person for their behavior in that day. I was preaching this past weekend at my home church. I said, I miss the old days where everything had to be published, printed. We didn't have the Internet. Because back then, men with college degrees who actually knew how to think for a living uh, would read the letters to the editor, and they would decide, well, this guy's an idiot, and he'd throw it in the trash. Today, you just have to hit send or publish or the, you know, the thumbs up button or whatever, the little arrow on Facebook, right? And all of a sudden, the whole world can see what you think. In fact, because we don't even need to know what everybody thinks. A lot of people, most people, don't have good thoughts that are better kept inside their heads. <laughs> Amen? So, you know, um, Christianity is not supposed to work this way. We're supposed to actually step up and say what we believe and be who we say we are. Our, our belief is supposed to influence our behavior. And we should be behaving in a way that becomes a Christian. That was, that was my other piece of advice in my um, sermon this past weekend. I told everybody, here's Dave's advice for um, Facebook, for posting on Facebook, number one. Um, never start a sentence with the word so, because that is so wrong. Number two, never write anything in all caps. Number three, delete every exclamation mark in every post you ever made and just put periods there and it'll sound just as good. And four, after you've written it, read it and then delete it and don't go back and rewrite it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's mean-hearted or if you're trying to defend something. You don't, you don't need to get in those fights, right? See, look, we're called to be of the same mind as Christ. What's the mind of Christ? Well, you just read about it a couple days ago in Philippians chapter 2. Listen to this. If there be any consolation in Christ, any comfort, any fellowship of the Spirit, any mercy, fulfill you my joy, that you'll be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done out of strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each person esteem the other one better than themselves. Let Look not every man uh, on the thing, his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What, what's, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to set our affections on things above? By serving people. That's how you set your affections. That's how you seek after things above. That's how you seek after heavenly things, by serving people. Service makes us heavenly minded. Think about that. Service makes us heavenly minded. What did Jesus say? I did not come to be ministered to, but to be a minister. And a minister is a servant. That's all he is. Minister's not somebody who's high and mighty above you wearing a little collar and you know gets to wear robes and be fancy and stuff. A minister is the lowest person in the entire organization. His job is to serve. 
you know? That's why I think some, some countries have got it right a little bit better than we do in that their chief executive <coughs> of their country is still called the prime minister to remind everybody that he is the chief, but he's the lowest of all of us because he's our, supposed to be serving our needs, right? We, we kind of need that back somehow. We need to remind everybody that you know when you get elected office, your job is to serve all the people who elected you, not to get your own way. Doesn't matter what you think. What matters is what the people think. Amen. <laughs> you know, and that's how we get heavenly minds by serving other people, by setting our affections on the needs of others, having this mind and not thinking too highly of ourselves. You know, because if we do this. It makes us understand something. Verse 3. For you are dead, and your life is hid in Christ with God. It's no longer about us. That's why we serve other people, because it's not even us anymore. It's Jesus living in us. We are dead. I, you know, Galatians 2.20. How many times have I quoted that to you guys these last few months? I am crucified with Christ, and nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the, faith, the life that I now live, I live in the, in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm dead. Christ is alive. You know? Um, Romans 6, 1 and 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to our sin live any longer therein? The, the reason we set our mind on things above is because we're supposed to be servants. And that service is enacted because it's no longer about us. We're no longer serving ourselves. We're serving others because we're dead. And the, the one true minister, Christ, is living his life out through us. So I said that to say this. There ought to be a secret life for every single Christian. Every one of us should have a secret life that only God and we know about. Conversations that you only have with God. Secrets you only share with God. Private thoughts you only have with God. We all have to have that. We have to have that intimate relationship with Christ where he is the actual lover of our souls. We have that old hymn we used to sing in church years ago, Jesus, lover of my soul. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Nobody sings that anymore. You know? Well, they'll sing the Darling Jack Hillsong rewrite of it, but they don't sing the old one anymore. Right? Well, actually, that one's old now, right? That one's like 20, 25 years old, the, the Hillsong version. But... You know, he's supposed to be the love of your soul. It's supposed to be his intimacy. It's a hidden life, and it means security and satisfaction. So verse 4, why do we do all this? Because he's coming back. Why do we set our, things, our minds on things above? Uh, why, why, do we, why, uh, why do we do this? Because Jesus is coming back. Verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then you shall appear with him in glory. Um, the original Greek reads where it says when Christ uh, the original Greek says when Christ our life the who is is not in the original Greek if you have a King James you'll notice that it's written in italics it's one of the beautiful things about the KJV is that when they when the uh, the translators inserted words to make it more understandable in English they actually put those words in italics so you would know it wasn't in the original text and so originally it says when Christ our life I think that makes a lot more sense than Christ who is our life. When Christ our life, Christos hemon zoa, eternal life, Christ. 
Eternal life is not some ethereal gift we receive at salvation. Eternal life is Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's the gift. You don't get this, this, uh, this abstract concept of salvation at, 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 at the moment you're born again. You actually get Jesus. See, salvation isn't just some concept. It just isn't this, this little thing that you get. It is actually a person. You can't have salvation without Christ. Christ is salvation. He is salvation itself. He is the one you receive when you become a born-again child of God. 1 John 5, 12, He that has the Son has life, and he that has not the Son of God has not life. John 17, 2, Jesus praying in the garden, And thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. That's Jesus' prayer to the Father in the garden. This is eternal life, that they know you and me who you sent. Life is what you're alive to. Period. You hear people all the time talking about, well, I want to make a life for myself, especially your, life, your age. I want to make a life for myself. I'm trying to create a life that I want to live. Well, your life is whatever you're alive to. What makes you come alive? Now, let's go around the table real quick because I want to ask a question. And you cannot answer Jesus. You cannot answer God. You cannot answer church, anything like that. But I want to know what makes you come alive. What is the, th the one thing in your life that you go, this is what I love. This is what I like to do. This is what I like to be a part of. This is what I like to, to, to get involved with. Playing guitar. Guitar, okay. Jason. My family. Your family. Mike. I say stories. Huh? Stories. Stories, okay. Patty. Um, love to play guitar. Mm -hmm. My little family. <clears throat> Micah. Um, probably singing. Singing? Being outdoors, dirt biking, something like that. Okay. Mason? Don't see me if I come back any sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony? Probably. Superheroes? I think That's so. Cool. Yeah. For me, it's drawing and writing. <clears throat> yeah, that's, you know, that's what makes me come alive. Mm -hmm. you know? Okay, so the reason I ask you that is because those are gifts that God gives you, uh, thoughts, ideas, talents, whatever it may be, that God gives you so that you can enjoy this life. But all of that came from him. See where I'm going with this? It's his life that he gave you. He didn't give me the talent to draw and to write stories, and I've been getting back into my story writing here lately. Um, he didn't give me the talent to do that stuff just because, well, somebody's got to do it. He gave it to me because he knew that my personality, I would come alive to that sort of thing, and then in some small ways I'd be able to use it to his glory. You know? Or certain, you know, by, by having that talent... People ask me about it. People are interested in it. They follow me on Instagram, whatever kind of And in that way, sometimes I get opportunities to tell people about Jesus. I use that a little bit, right? I just use that little thing to, to lead people to Christ if I can. And that's why he gives us talents. And that's what our life is. Our life is what we're alive to. So the question is, what makes you come alive? Now, for Paul, it was just Jesus. You know, he, that, once Paul, Paul was one of those guys who was all or nothing. That was just it. That's, you know, he, everything else went out the window. You know, 
Uh, he made tents for, to make money to, so he could eat. But other than that, all he did was study scripture because he was a Pharisee. You know, he was, he was a, a rabbi, a religious elite before he got saved. So religion's all he knew anyway, you know. So for him, it was just Jesus Christ. Um, that's why he wrote, for me, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain, you know. So he was alive. He was excited about anything related to Christ. And in a very real sense, so should all we. We should all be very alive, very excited about things that God puts in our lives. You know, any way we can use to, to, to present the gospel to people, to show people that hidden life that's in us, so you can come out and, f and find other people, so other people can have that hidden life. You know, I've told you guys that story about that old preacher that me and we had a fight, and I didn't talk to him for a few years, and I finally called him back, and he told me, you can't insult a dead man. I told him I, I felt like I insulted him by not talking to him. He said, you can't insult a dead man. I died 35 years ago when I became a Christian. I ran across this story um, studying this out, and it was like, I, I just had to laugh because it's the exact same story. Um, and it's, it's um, two sisters in the 1880s, 1890s, and they were, this is when, you know, the middle class was starting to elevate and upper class was starting to become a thing. And, and people were actually starting to have uh, entertainments and things like that. And these two sisters were what they used to call social butterflies. They went to every party. They dated any man they could get. They drank like fish, you know. And one time, a, a, a little old lady in their neighborhood invited them to church. And since they hadn't had anything going on that day, they thought they might meet a few cute guys there. They went. They heard the gospel. They responded, and they got saved. A couple weeks later, they got an invitation in mail to a party, and they took the invitation, and on the back of the thing, instead of RSVP, and they wrote, we regret that we cannot attend because we recently died. What? I love that can't be a part of that anymore because I recently died you know and that's where we're supposed that's where we're supposed to be at we have this hidden life you know if we're risen with Christ if we died to who we were and we arise now new people in Christ we should be seeking the things that are above setting our affection on things in the, uh, not on the earth but in heaven because we're dead and our life is hid with Christ who went who, who, Christ, who is our life, when he appears, will appear with him in glory. Correct? But he's coming back. He shall appear. You know, and the fact is, is that the soon return of Jesus Christ is a biblical doctrine. It's not very popular. It's not preached a lot these days. Nobody really talks about the rapture anymore. Um, a lot of real highfalutin, high-thinking college grads that seem to think they can disprove the rapture in the Bible. I haven't been able to see how they can do that yet. But Jesus Christ is going to crack the eastern sky one day. It, angels are going to blow the trumpet. And the only people that are going to hear the trumpet are those that accept Christ as Savior. And the dead in Christ are going to hear it first, and they're going to come up out of the graves, and then we which are alive and remain, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, which you just read, will be caught up together with them in the air. That's, that's the Bible doctrine. It's going to happen. And at that time, we'll appear with him in glory. You know, we'll be heirs, joint heirs with Christ. Our adoption will be complete. We'll finally be where our minds are supposed to be. We'll, where our minds are supposed to be in one place, 
And at that time, our bodies will finally be where our minds are. Thank you for joining us for Field Notes. If you have been blessed by the preaching and teaching you have heard, consider visiting our website at militaryfellowshipministry.com and click the Donate button. Any amount will be a great help to us as we continue to reach our men and women in the military with the gospel. Join us next week as we continue our study of God's Word. God bless you.